welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast coming to you with our 200th episode and our 10th season of 7th Heaven. Wow, yeah. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing season 10, episode 1. The title is It's Late. Uh, the IMDb user synopsis is Eric tries to avoid telling his parents about Mary's divorce. Simon's fiance wants him to move up the wedding date. Lucy learns the difficulties of being an associate pastor. What was your first impression of this episode? Um, so I can definitely tell it's a new season. The way that things are being filmed. The way that I feel like this, this show is finally like catching up to the times. Because what, this is now 2005, 2006? Uh, yeah, this was 2005. Um, and where, like, every show is always talking about sex, which is, I feel like the majority of this episode was about sex. Like, Lucy and Kevin were talking about sex at some point. Sandy and Martin. Rose and Simon. Like, So that's a sign of the times that they were just talking about sex a lot? I'm just saying, like, I feel like this, I feel like the show is trying to keep everything really wholesome, but I feel like with this season it's finally trying it's i don't know it's edgy yeah it's getting not it's not really that edgy but it's getting edgier um anywho well if you're are you done i don't know yeah i'm done (laughs) so uh this episode starts with the rev in his office at church uh like rocking out and singing on the guitar because apparently as we found out after the episode stephen collins had released uh an album yeah. where he covered the songs of Rick Nelson or Ricky Nelson. Yeah. Uh, and, um, a couple of them were like featured on this show, both in the beginning of the episode and at the end of the episode, the album, if anybody's interested, uh, is called the hits of a Rick Nelson released by gold label. Uh, yeah, he's rocking out. It's a Sunday. Lucy comes in and is like, ha my dad, such a dork. And she's like, I'm finished. At, like, I don't know exactly what she says, but the Rev is like, indicates that he knows her sermon is going to be very long. And he's like, you've got the rest of your life to get all of your thoughts into your sermons. And you should really think about, I don't know, making it less long. Uh, and she's like, I don't know. Then we see... Her giving the sermon. That's Wait, not, no, that's, no, that's not, not until we come back. Okay, yeah. never mind. So that's it. That's no, it. we get introduced to nope, all the I people lied. that go to church. Uh, oh yeah, no, we don't really get introduced to them. I but. mean, but we. So, <laughs> so well, we see everybody's new looks, right? Annie has a new haircut. Uh, the boys, the twins, have grown out their hair. They're a bit more shaggy. Very two thousand five. Uh, Ruthie has bangs now. Um, also very. To, like 2005 mid, mid thousands uh meredith is now dating some man named jack and she's also a regular on the show question mark no just this episode she like i mean not just this episode but like she made the opening credits but it's not she's not like gonna become a key figure in season 10 um and we find out that Meredith and Martin like each other, and Jack and Ruthie like each other, but Meredith and Jack are currently dating. Because that's her summer boyfriend. Apparently the plan is that she's going to date Martin once school starts, but 
she's got to, so what she's going to do is trade with Ruthie, except Ruthie isn't actually dating Martin, but that, that's the plan, yeah. that uh, Ruthie is going to end up with Jack and Martin will end up with Meredith. There's a joke, I don't know if it's a joke, but ongoing about how Jack doesn't look like he belongs in high school. He looks like he could be a teacher or somebody who is way older, um, but he's apparently just 17. I mean, and he doesn't really look that old. Well, he doesn't look like he's in high school. No. And we finally, and then also at church comes in um, Rose and Simon, who are visiting uh, because the Colonel and Ruth are, are coming this Sunday evening as well. And they've bought a girl. Yes. Named Sandy. Who we don't learn yet, her name yet. But she's named Sandy. She's named Sandy. And okay. she's played by Haley Duff. Uh, who, Take it away, Aaron. Okay, well, <laughs> if you don't know who Haley Duff is, I'll, I'll read you the first line from her Wikipedia page, which is, The older sister and former castmate of Lizzie McGuire star Hilary Duff. Haley Duff was born in Houston, Texas. So that tells you that she is no one in like without a bearing of relationship to her sister. And she also, prior to this, or... When Napoleon Dynamite came out in, like, 2005, right? She was in Napoleon Dynamite, I think, right before this, where she played Summer Wheatley, who was the bitchy love interest of Napoleon. And, after, and like, that's all she's done. She was in Material Girls with Hilary Duff, um, which was a... Oh, Apparently she was in Lizzie McGuire with Hilary Duff, too. Yeah, yes. Uh, and, but most notably, I think, Seventh Heaven and... Uh, Napoleon Dynamite, or what she's like known for. She was also in um, a Lifetime movie that I accidentally ended up watching like a year or two ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> I forget what it was called, but she was like pregnant. Oh, wait, I remember that. <laughs> All I remember is she was like pregnant in real life, but they never addressed it in the movie. Oh, okay. Which is really weird because it was like had to do with like domestic abuse and like her husband had this secret family, and I was like, they're never going to address the fact that she's, like, very pregnant. <laughs> but I don't remember the name of it if you want to watch it. I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, but, yeah, everybody's introduced. Martin and Sandy seem to know each other from the summer. Um, and that's all we're kind of left with, this, like, juicy tidbit. And that is the cold open. And we are given brand new... Um, uh, opening credits, obviously, as we do every season. Uh, just a little update here. Simon, uh, Simon, so David Gallagher's character, Simon, who was previously just a reoccurring character in the last two seasons, is back to being a season regular, along with uh, the credits are now putting in Rose's character as a season, uh, season regular as well. Well, we already mentioned Meredith, and but also Haley Duff's character, Sandy, as a season regular. So we know that she's not only here for a couple of episodes. Or maybe she is. Who knows? Well, yeah, I don't know how they determine this because obviously when they put people in the opening credits, sometimes they put recurring characters and sometimes they put, like, they don't put recurring characters because, like, Carlos has sometimes been credited in the opening sequence, but, like, in this episode he wasn't, even though he was in it. Uh, so I don't know how they determined this. But, like I said, Meredith isn't a recurring character by any means, uh, maybe in it's this a, like, season. a red herring or something, or maybe she is. But like, if she is, I don't really remember. But she she's like very much transient and like in and out, uh, not not an everyday player in the seventh heaven verse. Um, okay, so we're gonna get started with the actual episode. Um, we'll start with, I guess, the colonel. Like, okay, so. The reason that Simon has come home to visit 
well, it's like seems multifaceted, but he says it's because the Colonel and the Ruth are visiting, and I don't know, he wants uh, Rose to meet them or whatever, and they want to tell everyone that they're getting married. Eventually. Sometime. Uh, so the big, I, get, I don't know, the big like parental storyline like with uh, the Rev and Annie is that the Colonel and Ruth are coming to visit and that they have to break the news to the Colonel and Ruth that Mary is divorced and that Char- Charlie and Carlos are living in Puerto Rico. Um, I don't know why this is such a stressful event. Again, like people get divorced um, and we've never seen the Colonel and Ruth interact with Charlie or Car like no. they might have met Carlos once, but but that was all off screen. Yeah. Nothing none of this happened on screen. Um, sh- a shocking surprise: neither the Ruth or the Colonel show up in this episode. Um, budget cuts couldn't afford the actors. They might have been dead. They I- were very old. Like the Colonel was like looking very old. So in the last time we saw him, so who knows? Budget cuts, death. Uh, maybe we'll see them in maybe, the second maybe they part. ran out of time and they had to cut the episode cut them out of the episode it, it is a to be, to be continued episode so it is a two-parter so maybe they'll show up in the second part but they're not there so that's kind of basically what annie and the rev are doing the entire time until surprise surprise carlos and Char- charlie show up um they're there because even though Mary and Carlos are divorced, Mary and Carlos are still talking, question mark. And it really did sound like, though, in the episode at the end of season nine, when Matt came to uh, Carlos and Mary's like former apartment, it seemed like that they weren't speaking. Like, she had cut all communication. And also, all of the cam kids were like, we call Mary and she doesn't pick up. So, it seemed like Mary was ignoring like everyone from her former life. Uh, me. Um, so, but she's been talking to Carlos and she decided that Charlie should have a relationship with her side of the family, even though Charlie doesn't have a relationship with her. And so because Mary is just able to give away plane tickets all the the time, she gave, she gave, uh, Carlos plane tickets for him and Charlie to fly out to surprise her family. Um, and this obviously puts a wrench in the plans about telling the Ruth and the Colonel, about the divorce, but that's kind of where we leave it. But it is actually, I think it's really nice that they're showing Mary to be not a complete doofus, um, in that even though Mary can't be... She cares a little bit, I guess. Even though Mary can't be a mother and a wife doesn't mean that Charlie shouldn't have any relationship with his mother's side of the family. Right. So, uh, anyway, I guess we'll get, like, so then there's, like, as, as expected predicted by me at the end of season nine lucy and kevin are now living in their new house but we'll backtrack to lucy's sermon um so i don't know like lucy's just kind of babbling on and on about how like her family works and she's like and sometimes mothers work outside of the home but sometimes mothers shouldn't work outside of the home take for example my family i had a father that worked outside of the home and a mother that worked inside of the home and Sometimes it's good if mothers work outside of the home, but especially if they have daughters, because it shows their daughters that they can be wage earners. And I don't know, everybody's falling asleep during the sermon, and everybody hates Lucy, and the church is over, and it's like a half hour later than it should have been over. And then some people come out, and these like older women 
come out and scold Lucy for her sermon after because they're like, how long have you been a mother? 15 minutes? Yeah. You know? or, or like you have, your, your husband is rich enough so you have the choice to stay home or not stay home. Whereas other people are single mothers that they don't have husbands or whatever. So like, what, what are you telling them? The point is that nobody can really figure out what Lucy's sermon is about. And everybody seems to be offended about it. it whether it's a mother who's a stay-at-home mom or whether it's a mother who's not a stay-at-home mom. Or if it's Annie. Yeah. Uh, who, because like, Lucy's thing is people think stay-at-home moms mean that your children are good but look at my family and she's like my family sucks and i have a stay-at-home mom um and this is this is kind of an extension of a fight that lucy and kevin have been having all summer which she's decided to bring on it's the pulpit right that's what it's called yeah she's the lectern the lectern um and you know talk about it to the entire town even though the town's not listening apparently lucy as i said lucy and kevin have been fighting about it all summer like Who's going to... Oh, Lucy says something ridiculous. She goes, I, I know that we decided that I would work during the day and you'd work at night and then I would take care of the baby at night and you'd take care of her during the day. But it feels like I have two jobs. And it's like, well, yeah, you do. Yeah, you got to take care... Like, both of you do because one of you is taking care of the child at one time. And then... Did she think parenting wasn't going to be a job? Uh, like, what... Like, that's what she's trying to make it seem like. Like, oh, it feels like I have two jobs. Like then you shouldn't have had a child lady like i don't know i don't i don't know i feel like a lot of the things that come out of lucy's mouth is just like her being completely unprepared to have had a child and whatever but um well i mean i think the way that this entire like it didn't seem like she was really ready to like she did everything early yeah on this kind of shortened timeline and maybe she shouldn't have gotten married when she did and maybe then she shouldn't have had a baby when she did but Whatever. Uh, not, not my problem. The main thing I got from this scene was that Kevin likes all the fighting because the fighting leads to makeup sex. And yes, and he has been getting a, lot of, a lot of attention, as he said. But he also briefly mentions that he's going to quit his job to become a full-time dad because he loves it so much. And apparently he is like independently wealthy. Yeah. Again, where this money came from. Who knows? We know nothing about the Kinkirks. Maybe they're like tycoons or something. Perhaps. The Kinkirkdom. But they all chose a life of civil service. Um, so, oh, I guess that makes sense. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, so that's really unresolved as to what's going to happen. It does kind of seem like Kevin might be quitting because at the end of this episode, we have him at the police station with Captain Michaels, who's like, you need to be focused like, out in the field, because he keeps on thinking about his daughter instead of being focused on work. And so. then he, he's, like, leaving for... Uh, this. Yeah, this is, like, a cliffhanger, because yeah. um, the he leaves for, like... A call. A police mission. I don't know what they... <laughs> police mission! <laughs> and he's like, nobody's going to get hurt, because I've got to get home to my daughter tonight. Uh, so ominous yeah it is ominous actually i yeah. was gonna say if seventh Town was a good show they would do something but I, i'm I don't pretty know sure they, they do I, I mean i don't know i know he already had that one time when he got beaten up in the uh, domestic abuse the domestic one. violence yeah and everyone made fun of him but i'm pretty sure something bad happens to him again and then Ooh, he did yeah exciting is seventh Town really gonna do something good with their writing i don't know they had to keep us on the edge of our seats somehow but anywho so then this is okay so this is a storyline involves Simon, Rose, Sandy, Martin, Ruthie, Jack, and Meredith. Okay. 
first of all, let's just get it out of the way because Jack and Meredith are like not even yeah. really in the episode. So after church, uh, Ruthie goes over to uh, Jack and Meredith and is like, hey, do you want to come to the promenade tonight with Martin and I and like see a movie and get pizza? And they're like, no, it's a school night. We don't usually go out on school nights. Also, Martin seems occupied with Simon's friend. Uh, we have to get going. Like, we can't hang around to talk to Martin. So Martin is, like, pissed off that he wasn't able to talk to Meredith after church. Uh, because he likes Because Meredith. he likes Meredith. And, like, as I mentioned, Ruthie and Meredith are going to, like, trade men uh like and nobody they, is comfortable with this and and ruthie said it's because they do it all the time in baseball so that's why it should be they, okay they can they can trade even though martin is not first of all none of these people are possessing each other but also martin is not dating ruthie but he's like he's ruthie's bargaining chip in this in this agreement ruthie's logic is she doesn't want to spend half the year looking for a boyfriend like she did last time she just wants to start it with one as if you need to start School with a boyfriend. I don't. I mean, that's not. Or end school. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, you just don't so, need a boyfriend. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what 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 to what to say. So there's like uh, some little things with the Rev being a dad and like, oh, should you be dating Jack? Jack seems older. I want to meet Jack, and that. But that's very much in the background. Also, Meredith comes over for a hot second, although, and she gets introduced to Carlos. And they have chemistry. <laughs> they don't. I'm joking. She's a child. Um, it, but I don't know what happens to her after that. To, to Meredith? Yeah, she comes to the camp casa, but then what happens? <laughs> oh, she's looking for Martin, but Martin's But Martin's there. busy with Sandy, yeah. Uh, so That's it for Jack and Meredith. So anyway, basically, Sandy frustrates all attempts that Martin tries to make at speaking to Meredith. Uh, so... Then, I guess, to kind of focus, like, on Simon, on Simon and Rose, uh, I don't know why, that, like, again, like I said, they say, like, they were going to see the colonel or something, and they're like, yeah, and Sandy wanted to come with us because she wanted to see Martin, and Simon, for some reason, he says to Sandy, he's like, oh, don't you think if he wanted to see you, he would call you or whatever, and he never, Martin. but I was like, but you still brought her with you. Yeah to see Martin, even though you are saying he's not interested. Uh, anyway, Simon and Rose go back and forth with, like, well, first Rose is like, when are you going to propose to me? This is the engagement ring I want. It's super expensive. And Simon is like, I make minimum wage. I cannot buy you that ring. Um, she says, payment plan. And Simon, being the fiscal genius that he is, is like, oh, payment plan is like paying for it twice over. Um... So then she's, like, generally just pressuring him to, like, set a timeline for when they're going to get engaged. And then, like, because the sooner they get engaged, the sooner they can set a wedding date. Uh, The Rev has a brief conversation with Simon about, like, buying Rose a ring. And he's, like... Rushing into things. Rushing into things. and, And Simon's like, oh, maybe we'll split the cost of the ring. Well, and then Simon goes on this thing about how he's going to go. In, he's like studying business at school, and then he's going to go to law school, and then he's going to get into business law. 
whatever that means. And then he says, like, oh, maybe I'll work for a production company or a music label or etc. And I was like, I don't. And he'll make a lot of money doing that, apparently. Um, so basically, Simon has no idea what he wants to do. Yeah. And but like a regular college person. Yeah, yeah. But like, which I think kind of makes the Rev's point more uh, poignant. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, you don't even know, like you're trying to rush into this decision to get married and, or get engaged. And you don't even know how you will support yourself or like what you're going to do once you embark on this new life with your horrible, horrible wife, Rose. Um, so what we've gathered from this is that they're going to get engaged at the end of the school year in May, and then they're going to get married the following end of the school year, May, which is when they're going to be graduating. Uh, Rose wants it to happen quicker. Um, but also like the thing that I don't get is there doesn't really seem to be any like love between Rose and Simon. Like, she has not shown any positive qualities that I would like that I would that make Simon like her. Like it actually seems like Simon's constantly like, uh, hey girl, like chill. Yeah. Um, and, but she, her major thing is like, I want to get married soon. I want to get married before Sandy and Martin. Like, I don't know. She seems. And also who said Sandy and Martin are getting married? I don't know. Uh, like later on when spoiler alert, Sandy finds out she's pregnant. Um, what Rose is still like well we still have to get married before them and her like I don't know it's just what does Simon see in this chick Uh, also like Martin is like 17 and I guess yeah Sandy's like 20 yes they're definitely juniors in college at this point yes so that's the whole I mean yeah basically Rose has not done done anything to redeem herself in any of our eyes she's just continued to be terrible Uh, and um, if you guys and she will continue to be terrible if you guys have an opposing opinion to us, because we knew we had a lot of Lucy lovers. No, I think that generally... People don't like the, Rose. Yeah. Well, I mean, I said this when we were like... When I was like, Team Dina, Team Cecilia, Team anyone that isn't Rose. I think we generally got agreements on that from people who had seen the entire series and know that Rose is, might be the person that Simon ends up with. Oh God, I hope not. Uh, and now to the juicy, juicy, juicy bits. Um, so Sandy is here. What we gather is that Martin went to visit Simon once. Over the summer, because apparently Simon stays at school over the summer. And this is my question. We have not seen in any f- shape or form any kind of friendship or closeness between Simon and Martin. Actually, they've been like diametrically op- opposed to each other a lot. Like they were both s- dating Cecilia... Then, like, Simon was having sex, and Martin was like, don't do that. And they were kind of, like, butting heads a lot. So it's very interesting to me that all of a sudden Martin and Simon are close enough that Martin's visiting him, and then also going out with one of his, the, like, one of his girlfriend's friends. And apparently during this going out time, Martin had sex with Sandy. But prior I- to this, we learned that Simon had sex with Sandy, and that's how he met Rose, through Sandy. Also, Sandy went to Glen Oak High School. <laughs> Did they say that? Because yeah. I, th- I thought that they said that, and I was like, that can't be right. Yeah, they knew each other in high school. So what? Um, so that means that also Rose went to the... Because it seems like... because This show can't do anything. I like Glen Oak. 
Right. Everybody but also, knew. if Haley Duff went to, if Sandy went to Glen Oak yeah. High School. Then Rose did. Then Rose most likely went to Glen Oak High School. And if Simon knew Sandy then, then how did he she, never come across Rose until college? Uh, Riddle me that. Yes. Explain, please. Brenda Hampton. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Brenda Hampton. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, that's the backstory. But anyway, Martin goes to visit Simon. Martin has sex with Sandy. Sandy is... Sandy pretends to not know that it was his first time. Even though it definitely and, was. And this, I feel like, is very out of character for Martin. Martin... Martin's very principled. Martin is not a Camden. Martin doesn't get into wacky hijinks. Martin is a very, like... And, and he repeats it all the time, yeah. so... Martin's, like, the straight shooter of the bunch. Like, he's the one that's, like, supposed to counter all the Camden wackiness. But then he's the one that ends up sleeping with someone and then getting that person pregnant, so... Maybe he was drunk. Well, I guess maybe we'll find out. We'll see what's what's going on here. But no, yeah, there's no... I don't think there's any other, ever, any. ever any, like... Uh, not like justification or like no explanation of like, uh, what, what caused like, I guess, uh, it's Martin's lapse in judgment or whatever you'd like to call it. I don't think it was, but I'm, but it, I'm just saying it's like a, it's out of character for him. Um, so yeah, that's where we're, that's where we end the episode, which is, which is a zoom in after the pregnancy test that they're, that she's pregnant and that Martin's. Gonna be a papa. Yeah. Yes, papa. <laughs> um, so, and that's that's where we're at. And Simon feels responsible. He also feels like, you know, this is something that he should have stopped, but it wasn't really on Simon. We have a weird scene with Martin and Mary, not Mary, Martin and Lucy, where Martin goes to Lucy for advice, which I don't think they've ever spoken. So that was interesting, except it wasn't. Um, and I think that's really it. That, hap- that that's all that happens in this episode. It's the first part of a two-part season premiere, um, which I think they've done before. Yeah, they have done that before. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say about this other than to rate it. So, Aaron, what would you rate this? I will rate it uh, two point five. Um, I think I will give this a shot and give it. Uh, 4.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see how it ends. Um, in the meantime, we've done 200 episodes, and you can listen to any of the 200 of them on uh, soundcloud.com slash camdencast, on Stitcher, or on the, iP- uh, on the iTunes Apple podcast app. Or we have new episodes that we, we put out twice a week, usually on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Um, you can also check out our Instagram or our Twitter both of which is at CampingCast Show or Facebook.com slash CampingCast. And come say hi to us. Have you been listening for all 200 episodes? Did you just start listening? Let us know. CamdenCast at gmail.com. I'm Tampi. I'm Erin. This is CampingCast. Cast.